for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Welcome to Living Life. May the Lord strengthen and encourage you through His Word today. Have you ever found yourself at a moment in your life where you were questioning God? Sometimes it can be something silly, a question that we are simply curious about. For example, I've sometimes found myself asking God, especially during the summer, God, why did you create mosquitoes? Why God, why? They seem to serve no purpose and everyone hates them. Why God? Why mosquitoes? At other times in our life, though, we may come to be frustrated with God and ask some serious questions that deeply question why God is doing things the way He does them. We can be like, God, why do you allow such injustice and evil to happen? Why are these evil people getting punished? Why does the world work this way? If you've ever found yourself questioning God in a similar manner, then you are in a similar situation to where Job finds himself in today's passage. In the midst of his great suffering, Job finds himself very frustrated and questioning God. Let's take a look at today's passage and see through Job's situation how we can respond to God today. Job chapter 21, verses 17 through 34. Yet how often is the lamp of the wicked snuffed out? How often does calamity come upon them, the fate God allots in his anger? How often are they like straw before the wind, like chafe swept away by a gale? It is said God stores up the punishment of the wicked for their children. Let him repay the wicked so that they themselves will experience it. Let their own eyes see their destruction. Let them drink the cup of the wrath of the Almighty. For what do they care about the families they leave behind when their allotted months come to an end? Can anyone teach knowledge to God, since he judges even the highest? One person dies in full vigor, completely secure and at ease, well-nourished in body, bones rich with marrow. Another dies in bitterness of soul, never having enjoyed anything good. Side by side they lie in the dust, and worms cover them both. I know full well what you are thinking, the schemes by which you would wrong me. You say, Where now is the house of the great, the tents where the wicked lived? Have you never questioned those who travel? Have you paid no regard to their accounts, that the wicked are spared from the day of calamity? that they are delivered from the day of wrath. Who denounces their conduct to their face? Who repays them for what they have done? They are carried to the grave, and watch is kept over their tombs. The soil in the valley is sweet to them. Everyone follows after them, and a countless throng goes before them. So how can you console me with your nonsense? Nothing is left of your answers but falsehood. Welcome back to Living Life. 
In today's passage, we see that Job is continuing his complaints and frustration about how life seems so unfair, especially to him. The wicked and the evil prosper, while someone like him, who is righteous, is going through great suffering. Job is coming to the conclusion that the wicked do not have their lamp put out and they are not destroyed. Some might even say that maybe the wicked are not being punished for their sins, but maybe their children and their future generations will be punished. This goes to the whole saying that the sins of the father are visited upon the children, where the children suffer and pay the consequences for what their parents have done, sort of like generational sin. But Job doesn't like this because it doesn't affect the wicked person at all. He argues, what good does it do if God waits to punish the children of wicked men? The wicked should be punished for their wicked deeds, not their children or anyone else. Then in verse 22, Job comes to realize that he is directly questioning God. So he takes a step back and he says, can anyone teach God knowledge? No, no one has anything to teach God, for God is the one who knows everything. And yet, there may be times in our lives where we may come to a point where we are so angry and frustrated with Him that we tempt, are tempted to question Him and His ways. God, do you know what you're doing? I don't agree with what you're doing, God. How can you let this be? Sometimes we can let our pride get the best of us as we think that we know what is better. We know what's best, that we are in some way smarter and wiser than God. Have you ever felt this way? What can we do in such times when we feel this way? In those moments, it's okay to come before God and let Him know how we're feeling. He invites us to come before Him and pour out our hearts to Him. So we can say, God, I don't understand. I feel frustrated and angry. Why is this happening? But at the same time, we don't end there, but we come to a place where we humbly acknowledge and accept that God is sovereign, that He is fully in control, and that He knows better than us. As it says in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 9, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Our finite minds cannot grasp the infinite wisdom of God. Whatever we think we know, God knows infinitely better. God sees and knows everything, and so it's okay when we have questions for God, but we should not question or challenge God's sovereignty, His goodness, or His wisdom in all things. Instead, we can ask Him to help us to understand, to give us the faith we need to believe and trust in Him. As we continue in this passage, we see that Job offers his complaints to God and also to his three friends. Even though his three friends are wrong in thinking that Job's suffering is evidence that God does punish the wicked in their lifetime, Job believes that the wicked escape punishment in this life and instead die in peace. He finds it difficult to argue with his friends who continue to believe that Job is suffering due to his sins and his wickedness. 
Now Job has even gotten to the point where he mistakenly believes that there is no punishment for the wicked. However, we know that at the end of our lives, all of us will come before Jesus and have to give an account for our lives, all the things that we said and all the things that we did. On that judgment day, the wicked will surely answer for their evil deeds. But for those of us who have a personal relationship with Jesus, we will be declared not guilty because Jesus has paid the price for our sins. His blood cleanses us to be white as snow. Our slate is wiped clean and our sins are forgiven. How amazing and wonderful it is to know that this is the future that awaits us giving us hope that even in the midst of living in this fallen and broken world, there is a living hope, a future that awaits us to be with Jesus. Through today's passage, we can see that it's okay to bring our frustrations and our questions before God like Job did. We will all go through times in life where things don't make sense, where we don't understand. And in our darkest hour, we may cry out in frustration, Why God? Why? Where are you? But ultimately, we come to the place where we put our trust in His sovereignty and humbly acknowledge that He is perfect in all of His ways. And so we ask Him for the faith and the trust to be in His sovereignty. We also see the ultimate example of this in Jesus. He never questioned the Father, even in the midst of the greatest pain and suffering and humiliation that anyone has ever had to endure. Jesus trusted in the Father, that this was the only way to save, rescue, and redeem us. He knew that the Father was still in control and sovereign even in the darkest moment of His life. Yes, we keep that in our heart at all times, that God is always with us and He is always in control. No matter how dark the night gets, the light of Christ will never go out. What do you learn about yourself and about God during times when you feel frustrated with God? I want to encourage all of you to come before God and pour out your heart to Him all your questions, all your frustrations, and all your pain, God is always there to listen to us. And as we do that, we will experience the loving comfort of His embrace. And also His peace will fill your heart as you acknowledge that He is fully in control, that He loves you so much as His beloved child, and that He wants what is best for you, even though it may not seem that way in the end, at that time. Sometimes we just need to let go and let God. So let Him take full control. Let Jesus take the wheel as we surrender to Him as He leads us in our lives. Let us pray. Father, we thank You for always being there with us, that even in our darkest hours when we question and we are tempted to question You and Your sovereignty, Lord. May we always come to that place where we humbly acknowledge that You are fully in control, that You are sovereign, that You know what is best for us, even though it may not seem like that at that time. But in the end, we know that all things work out for the good of those that love You and that we experience 
your love in so many different ways. Help us to continue to trust in your sovereignty. And Lord, we thank you that you are a God who listens to us. May we continue to pour out our hearts before you. And in the midst of our suffering and our trials and our hardships, may we thank you that you embrace us, that you love us, and that your peace fills our hearts. So I pray this, that all of us can experience this no matter what we are going through. We love you. We trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sing your soul, let your world go and step in frozen.